morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us in this edition of SRE Practitioner Series. I'm your host, Suresh GP. We are on episode number two. Today, I have an esteemed uh, guest joining us all the way from Germany, Mr. Vikal Yadav, Senior Director, Head of Operations, um, Site Lab Engineering and E-Commerce at Adidas. Thanks, Vikal, for joining us today, and I hope you're doing well, and happy Diwali. Thank you, Suresh, and a very happy Diwali to you too, as well. Excellent. So, uh, Vikal, in our series of SRE practitioners, we interview practitioners in their journey of experiences and wisdom of production. So, before we get started, why don't you give us your uh, um, experience and journey around the, around the site lab engineering space, and why are you excited about site lab engineering? Uh, yeah, thanks. So site reliability engineering is something which has been like super close to my uh, heart and especially this journey that I'm having in my current organization. Uh, I, I've evolved myself as a, uh, so by heart, I'm an abapper or, or a coder uh, from, from the beginning. But I've evolved this journey personally from my side in terms of getting more and more closer to the consumer, which means uh, learning more about analytics, business intelligence, so on. And then from there, moving into this setup of e-commerce and being more and more closer to the end consumer, trying to provide the best reliable and a premium premium experience uh, on our dot-com uh, uh, stores. So this is the journey that we have taken uh, across that I personally have evolved myself along with my team as well. And uh, what excites me is how just by the matter of having a seamless consumer experience, a reliable consumer experience, you can impact the top and the bottom line of an organization. And that's what drives me. Excellent. Um, so starting off, um, in many of the organizations we have seen, because there's already uh, people sold out on Agile and DevOps, right? We've been doing it since 2001. So how do you sell the value of SRE, or site reliability engineering, in an environment which is mostly focused on agile and DevOps? Yeah, uh, that's an interesting question, Suresh. Uh, and uh, there are two dimensions uh, for this. So one of the myths that uh, typically while starting to sell the site liability engineering concept comes into place that site liability engineering is only for tech organization. Right. But trust me, that's not, that's not what it is. Uh, that's what at least I've experienced. And, and the second thing is DevOps and then agile setup these are uh, what I've realized that these are really those collaboration templates that come into play, which helps you bring the best practices out and jumping into an SRE based mindset, just supplements or complements what we are doing in that template and giving you much more prescriptive view of how you achieve those targets, those aims of resilience, reliability, and stability. Excellent. Now, so, it's also a notion uh, because that site reliability engineering makes a lot more sense to get that um, 10x effect on a cloud native environment. But most of the financial services um, industry and, and even the retail industry, of course, retail is an exception because they are already into cloud native, they are into that next big wave. But uh, for organizations around legacy environment, what value can SRE bring um, to make it reality? So uh, is that a, still a merit? to do site-to-lab engineering for uh, legacy monolithic applications? Yeah, 
So, so I think one of the learnings that I've had in this journey is it is not one size that fits all, uh, but especially in in setups which are monolith in nature. While while site reliability engineering works well in a well gelled manner in a uh, uh, micro service based environment, the monoliths at times are challenged with uh, you know the scale, the size, the volume of code that flows in, which on on top definitely adds the level of complexity, the level of dependency, and at times also adds inertia to the fast pace change that the corresponding counterparts would require uh, in the whole end-to-end -end ecosystem. And bringing this thought process, this mindset of uh, uh, looking at the same set of KPIs for those monoliths in a different perspective adds uh, one, uh, a strong, uh, a fast track pace to changes, a fast track, uh, uh, you know, scenarios where you are able to be much more closer to your end consumer. Yeah. And that's one, uh, one benefit I clearly see where organizations could use as a potential selling point as well. Right. And in terms of um, um, the common challenges and pitfalls that uh, you see, while implementing SRE model, because everybody yeah. wants to jump the bandwagon. They want to get quick results, faster uh, delivery. They want to get something um, to the business saying that, you know what, SRE actually made that uh, like a magic wand. So what are some of the common challenges or pitfalls that you consider uh, while implementing an SRE model? Yeah. Uh, actually, I really like that word which you mentioned, you know, uh, SRE as a magic wand. And when, when sometimes the, the practitioners or the leaders who, who want to bring this change around, at times one of the common pitfalls is kind of selling SRE as the magic wand. So this is definitely one of the key pitfalls that one needs to avoid. But while, while doing I think one of the important things is that these initiatives are engineering initiatives. And the why behind those initiatives needs to be super clear. Right. Once the why clear, uh, uh, one of the common pitfalls Calls that uh, I've experienced in my, uh, uh, you know, in my journey, and also talking to some of the peers in the industry is lack of executive sponsorship of such bottoms-up changes because this is completely a, 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 a transformation which evolves mindset change the way in which you look at some core KPIs uh, and sponsorship from the executive leadership is very important in this case. One one common pitfall which teams at times ignore, and uh, the 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 initiatives get shelved in pilots as well. Another another pitfall is, and uh, you know, uh, this is typically also some. Uh, I've, I've talked to some of my colleagues in the in the uh, SAP side of the world or in the on the which has more monolith structures. There's a pitfall of rebranding an existing level one level two operations team into a site reliability engineering team. And those, those skill sets are completely different. The mindset is completely different. So this is one pitfall that we need to avoid. Otherwise, you won't be able to bring that change that you want to bring with that site reliability uh, engineering point of view. I would say the last one is, um, you know, once one, and this is something that uh, I, I faced very um, uh, recently where uh, one, one of the uh, one of my con uh, consulting organizations, they had warned me that because when you are in a phase where you have a strong adoption of this thought process, you would be 
struggling to keep up with the pace of the demand that is coming for site reliability engineering in your organization. And I, I went through this uh, and the, the pitfall is under preparedness for the next phase once you're able to sell the idea. So these are the three key learnings I would like to call out saying, avoid these pitfalls, executive sponsorship, avoid rebranding, and be prepared once you're successful. Excellent point. And so how do you measure the value of SRE in organizations and what metrics are worth following? Because at the end of the day, every uh, CXO that I'm talking about, ask me this question before we come into consulting, say, hey, you know, what value is site reliability engineering going to get? And what will be the tangible metrics that we can start uh, measuring the performance of the team, the performance of the line of business, and also effectively that customer experience index. So how do you, how do you kind of uh, suggest um, some of the most common metrics that you think would be uh, worth uh, exploring? Yeah. So maybe, uh, you know, the question is that, that you're asking is, what could be that metrics, which also I would use to demonstrate success of uh, this initiative of site reliability engineering, and also what is that same metrics which would also help me to my business consumer uh, and explain why site liability engineering is important. So I, I think I would take the question in that sense and would see that uh, you know if we evolved in a journey uh, the the journey that I took we evolved from just using the basic uh, you know traditional KPIs of I'm having a P1 issue resolved in within 95% of the SLA or 99%. These are the traditional ones that we used in the old old school setup. Then we move towards a scenario where we are looking at, uh, no, we need something much better. So we, we looked at, how do we look at TTXs, the mean time to detect, mean time to restore. These were some of the KPIs, but these KPIs were still not clicking with our business counterparts because yeah, you're detecting it, you're solving it, it's operational, uh, good. But then, when our sponsors, when our counterparts start to listen, when there is, you know, dollar value associated to that. And uh, the challenge was, how do you get that metrics? In? The metrics that we nailed down the killer KPI that uh, I prefer using is a percentage uh, revenue bleed for any given interruption uh, versus the net sales that we make for a given period of time. And this KPI uh, is one single language that uh, my, my engineering team, irrespective of whichever value stream they belong to, or the business uh, counterparts, uh, whichever product areas they belong to, all of them speak the same language. This KPI helps us get a strong buy-in on the initiatives that we propose and keeps us true to a common platform of measure. Excellent. So you talked about value streams. I'm quite keen to look at how did you develop these value streams and how matured is our organizations worldwide adapting to the concept of value streams? Um, because it's, I still seem to be that one is to move away from a project-centric approach to a product-centric approach. I think fairly we have done a reasonable amount of movement towards any space of e-commerce and retail channels. But in terms of value streams and organizing the, these value streams effectively and having an end-to-end -end view of these value streams, how easy or difficult was it to go through that journey? Uh, this was also a learning that came into picture. Typically, uh, what I worked in is product-led organization, which means you have structured the consumer journey into various small buckets of product. But then, uh, and that too, these products or the consumer journey in products is structured in a way where 
you are able to constantly deliver it in an agile uh, ecosystem, agile uh, DevOps ecosystem. Uh, when you cl cluster products in a way, which helps you to uh, directly connect to one specific, uh, for, for me, value stream would be more on the lines of experience. So you cluster the product in a way where you're able to connect to a given experience and sequentially add value in terms of dollar, in terms of uh, stability directly to the consumer. For example, if you're looking at an e-commerce website, consumer goes through two or three key, uh, key value stream journeys. One would be how is your branding experience, which is how, your, how good your look and feel of a product could be. And the second one is their complete purchasing experience. Uh, they check out in the cart and then you know they make the payments. The third value stream, which adds value to the consumer is how you're playing the loyalty programs and the memberships. So these could be some examples of value stream. Uh, but yeah, uh, to your question around how I see some of the peer organizations structuring value streams, I've talked to a couple of uh, retailers here in Germany. Uh, uh, just last week, there was a session with one of the CTOs from a major retailer. Uh, I, I was surprised to see that in there, the value streams were uh, more aligned, associated towards the technical stack. And this is something which is which is slightly different, but um, yeah, uh, from a maturity point of view, I think I've seen organizations now more and more thinking about moving towards a value stream uh, uh, scenario and directly impacting consumer-based KPIs. Excellent. So that's, I think there's a point about customer experience index that you mentioned is a very valuable um, trait moving forward on that. Now, coming to the aspect of culture change. We all know about that, the, the, in, the emphasis of mindset change, um, trying to get, develop a sense of shared ownership. So how do you create that necessary culture change to build that sense of shared ownership? Let me give you an example. Now, typically we have measured uh, developers by the defects per lines of code or um, the number of user stories released to part of the sprint. Um, now, in terms of having across the value chain, a sense of shared ownership where everybody starts to focus on one single um, you know, key metric has been always a challenge because that's, the, that's not the way typically we have measured them. So in that case, how have you had the experience of creating that culture change towards the sense of um, shared ownership? Um, the, 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 the requirement for getting this culture change springs from the scenario where uh, in, a, in a product based, uh, when you look at product based view of an experience, and when you look at value stream based view of, a, of an experience, uh, the ownerships are slightly different. What it means is in the new DevOps world that we are looking at, the teams are super, uh, it's a, in a T-shaped team, the teams are super expert in their given area. And, uh, but, but a consumer experience or value stream ex consists of one, two, three, four various products. So the ask was, how do you bring all these various silos into one picture? And that ask was primarily, which was triggering our ask to see um, having a single ownership along that value stream uh, with a clear, so, so the, the, the key to that was having one single champion, site reliability engineering champion, which would bring all these various silos together with one experience view. So but this required uh, organizational changes. This required 
continuous coaching training of the team members who are joining in and this also required uh, top down bottoms up alignments on some of the core kpis especially the killer kpi which is then taken as a uh, common platform for all measurements excellent so what does the uh, future look for sri professionals because we we see a lot of time you've been spending a lot of time and effort in uh, working with uh, uh, managed service providers uh, financial services um retail companies around uh, the journey of sri and, and we all know sri as a as a space is exploding so what mm-hmm. would be the future look like for site reliability engineering professionals i i think the journey for site reliability engineering uh, has just started i mean uh, this is where we see now even the non technical non technology based organizations more and more keen to adopt that mindset and the journey is you know uh, i would say 2022 uh, 23 the journey is exponential uh, what it also means is that if i am a site reliability engineer uh, i need to build up a profile which is similar to a superman hmm. except for the cape the skill sets that i carry would be on the lines of you know the the, the i'm i'm an engineer at the same time i'm an operational expert as well which means i would bring in experiences around performance uh testing uh, sorry around uh, you know how how to fine tune performances for from a server platform point of view or from a database point of view from an application point of view from a networking point of view that skill set becomes hot at the same time my experiences on the ci cd pipeline how i'm able to define structure that that becomes hot as well so i would if i'm a site reliability engineer i would be keenly looking towards the next 2 to 3 years how i upskill myself and add value to my resume uh, in the next years excellent so my final question uh, vikant is that organizations on sre one of the things is about uh, building that necessary um, skill set road map for um, you know building in that sre tool so how easy or difficult how much time does it take to build an sre skill set considering everybody is in house they go through this whole journey of becoming so called sri practitioners or evangelists mm-hmm. how much time does it take is from a time perspective and from a resource perspective um for for an organizations to get the value of the investments that they make on uh, building sri profiles like pi shaped or comb shaped profiles yeah uh, I, i think your question is two faceted one is how long it takes and how long does it takes to get an roi on this yeah. uh, second one uh, because it's a fa- faster one to answer uh, in my past experience i've seen uh, you know rois within within uh, uh, 12 months itself of right. setting an sre organization up but that is assuming a fact that you have a top down uh, the day from which you have a top down buy in you have a executive sponsor you are able to drive it bring the organization to a scale within a period of 6 to 8 months and and then start to reap that that benefit uh that's the kind of time scale if you are looking at but uh this is also in uh, this is considering some of the caveats like the organizations have a forward looking mindset already cloud based adoptions if i'm starting from a monolith perspective the time frame might be slightly longer you can add a additional 25% buffer on that time slot that i just mentioned uh for each of uh, roi and as well as scaling of a team right and and i think this is a very valuable because probably we might have to have another session 
specifically around the other aspects of it. But thank you so much for sharing your valuable insights and trends around the site lab engineering. I'm, I'm sure our viewers and um, practitioners would have a, a good insight about uh, understanding about site lab engineering. And I hope uh, we will uh, mold and build more SRE practices in the future. Thank you, Suresh. It was my pleasure to be part of this session. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you.